Welcome back, everybody, to this bonus episode of Drunk Bible Study, the bonus edition. Bonus. Bonus, bonus. Edition. Bonus, bonus, bonus edition, the bonus. Drunk Bible Study, the bonus. That kind of has a nice ring to it. It's good. So we had a few things that we wanted to Mm. look up for this. I looked up about using Yah as a nickname for Yahweh. And Dedeker, you looked up Fig Newtons? No, I just looked up Figs and Fig Newtons, and I have... Okay. A wealth of information. So much good stuff. And Emily, what did you look up? I looked up pregnancy and childbirth in the Hebrew Bible and specifically how it pertains to men uh, dealing with these things. Oh. The results were upset not upsetting, but oh. just like but not okay. surprising. Men haven't done anything <laughs> in Jeez. regards to this thing in particular. Mm. Do you want to you want to you want to start with that? Start us on a bummer, and then we'll sure. go up from there. Yeah, sure. Okay. So basically, in the Bible, and I'm I'm looking on this website called BibleOdyssey.org. It's such an odyssey. Oh, yeah. But yeah, like women are often having children in the Bible, and they talk about it often. I mean, that is their real Duty? only function at the end yes, of the day. That's, mm, that's basically mm, what it is. So. There's been a lot of like ritual and lore surrounding pregnancy and childbirth, but basically men have also been like talked about regarding pregnancy in crisis situations. And God also has been compared to women giving birth, which kind of happened in, in this. Yeah. So they talk about this. This is later on for in Isaiah, but it says in Isaiah 4214 Yahweh Whoa. gasps and pants like a woman in childbirth before becoming a warrior. So yeah, hmm. and later in Jeremiah, it says Jeremiah applies the pain and anguish of labor to men hearing the news of a coming <laughs> of war. So it's like a metaphor. It's yeah, not they, they like they don't it. actually know what the heck it's happening. <laughs> it's just a metaphor for, oh, this is so hard. This is as hard as like having a kid. Hmm. Yeah. So it says um, that there are like literary motifs and language about pregnancy and childbirth that are often emphasized in the involvement of the gods. So gods like Nabisa, Nishian, Enril, Uta. I don't know. It says in the Hebrew Bible huh. and that it's it shows the influence of ancient Near Eastern literature. Hmm. So it says in the case of the Hebrew Bible, the involvement of the God of Israel, a successful journey through the dangers and miracles of conceiving children, carrying a pregnancy and giving birth are seen as direct evidence mm. for the divine support in both ancient Israel and the larger ancient Near East. But yeah, and Essentially, midwives and other women supporting women are the main people who are present during childbirth. And that was kind of the question that we had, that (laughs) who is it that's there? Was a guy actually there? And the answer, in my opinion, is absolutely not. Um, Yeah. Basically, this talks about the fact that a woman is not clean afterwards and so she had to become clean eventually and so i think like you like you said dedeker like a guy is not gonna like go go through that so several rituals reported after birth cutting the umbilical cord washing with water rubbing with salt clothing by attendants, naming the parents and the circumcision of the infant boys on the eighth day after birth in addition 
There were rituals that restored the mothers to a ritually clean state. Yeah. But it seems like it's unclear of which of those rituals the father's actually expected to be taking part in. Well, I don't... Yeah, I mean, this doesn't talk about it at all. It talks about Eve's pregnancy. Oh, interesting. The treatment of Eve's pregnancy and her labor are a case in point. God promises her a most difficult childbirth, but the term difficult is also applied to Adam's agricultural work in the next verse. I, this widening... Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. I just <laughs> you lost me there. I'm gonna pick a bone, as it were. Uh, yeah, <laughs> thus widening the view to all of humanity. Eve's actual childbirth is described in formulaic language without any discussion of her feelings. I appreciate that BibleOdyssey.org said that. Mm. I definitely do. Mm. And and I just want to make clear that there is a Wikipedia article entitled Men's Role in Childbirth and that one of the parts of it talk about examples of participation. It is two lines. And this is what it says. Two musicians have played or performed musical works during the delivery of a child of theirs. Mickey Hart recorded music to be born by and played it back during delivery. And Alfredo Rolando Ortiz played a Paraguayan harp at the birth of his child. Okay. That's what counts as the, delivery in this Wikipedia and, article. And so those, hold on, there's my men, anger. And those there's my anger. Survived that experience, like they apparently. Were. Although I am assuming the women <laughs> that were involved like threw things at the men while these this was happening. Because I feel like okay, I've never good. gone through childbirth. I've uh, my Me sister. Neither. The closest I've come to it is experiencing it vicariously through my sister. You know, being there. Were you there in the room? Um, I was there shortly afterwards. And okay. I, I dealt with some of the bloody aftermath. Let's just, okay. let's just say that with okay. both of her, her birthing experiences. Um, doesn't sound like an experience where I'd want someone plinking away at a harp. Yeah. While... I mean, harps are lovely. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but like, it's not a moment for that. It's, it's like really... an empowering moment. And what a you thing know? for these men to be Ideally. like, I'm going to take this moment and make it about my art, actually. Mm. I mean, but of course they would, like, in my opinion. <laughs> like, of course. So anyways, I'm going to, like, stop stewing and stop, like, being angry about this. And why don't you two discuss things? Oh, my Tell gosh. us about Yah, Jace. Yeah, go, sure. go Yah. Yahweh. <laughs> Yahweh. Uh, yeah, I will Yahweh. So, yeah, okay, all right. Yah is a nickname for Yahweh. It's mm -hmm. used 50 times in the Hebrew Whoa. Bible. Wow. Uh, but 24 <laughs> of those, so basically half of the times is in the phrase hallelujah. So oh. the phrase hallelujah is actually two different words. Hallelujah. It's hallelujah and Yah. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Whoa, Yah. Yeah. Wow. So Yah is Yahweh, and hallelujah means praise or like exaltation of or a song to it's kind of so it's basically saying praise god is what hallelujah means uh so anyway yeah so yah yah the word is in the hebrew bible is also counts for those hallelujahs because those are two words okay. and the rest of the times it's like these ones we've come across where it is this shortened version of yahweh and this kind of led me down this rabbit hole of Two things. It led me down two different rabbit holes. I simultaneously okay. went down two rabbit holes. One of these is about the name Yahweh and how Jews don't say it uh, unless mm -hmm. they're actually talking to Yahweh, unless they're actually mm -hmm. praying. 
And what I learned is that, and this, for those of you, for our Jewish listeners or people who are familiar with this stuff, you're going to be like, yeah, Avi, we all knew this, but I didn't understand the nuances and probably still don't. So I have a lot to, I have a lot to learn, but essentially that, that basically the gist is that any name of Yahweh, and this doesn't just include the name Yahweh, it also includes like Elohim or Adonai or like other names that are given to Yahweh. You, basically, you'd never say them unless you're actively praying or praising Yahweh specifically. So you wouldn't use it when you're talking like in an academic sense, talking so, about Yahweh. So that seems like that is very much a like not taking the Lord's name in vain. Absolutely. Yeah. So Jesus ripped off that one of the commandments yeah. from Jewish tradition. <laughs> I mean, I guess he was a Jew, so it was his to rip yes. off. But anyway, <laughs> so yeah, don't take the Lord's name in vain. It's like very literal. It's like literally don't ever say any of his names when you're not huh. actually praying to him or talking to him. Wow. And I remember a few years ago hearing an interview with one of the actors who was on the West Wing oh. and he talked about how there was a scene where he needed to say a prayer, like to say a Jewish prayer as a Jewish character on the show. And when he did it, he used a substitute for God's name instead of actually saying God's name, oh, because wow. for him as an actual Jew, he wouldn't say that on TV when he's acting and not actually praying. That's cool. Praising. Wow. That's really interesting. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So that, that kind of, when I was reading this, I was like, oh yeah, I remember kind of, kind of reading about this. So there's yeah. other names that are used for Yahweh in that context, which is things like Hashem. If you've ever come across yeah. that, Hashem just okay. means the name literally, uh, or, or there's kind of other alternation, you know, in English, you could even say like, him on high or, you know, there's kind of like different substitutes for saying the actual name, but Yah still counts as the name. So you can't, can't use that as a loophole. <laughs> the other thing I looked yeah. into though, was something called theophoric names and a theophoric name we've actually run into before many times yeah. is a name, like a name of a person or potentially a place. But I think this is mostly about people, uh, a name of a person that is based on the name of a God. Like it's kind of related to the name of a God. Okay. And so examples of this that we have come across already are names like uh, Elijah, which oh. means my God is Yahweh. So that last oh, ja it's is Yah, yeah, right? Oh, yeah. Or okay. or Elihu, one of our favorites. He also has the who is the Yah, I think, or, or maybe it's at the beginning. It kind of, because in, in Hebrew, the vowels, like it's only consonants. So the vowels can change a little bit. Okay. Um, and other ones, just quick example is like Emmanuel, Ezekiel, Gabriel, Ishmael, Israel, uh, Joel, Lemuel, Michael, Nathaniel, Raphael, Uriel. Like all of these have Yah. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, mm. all of those have L in them, like Elohim. Sorry, I got ahead of myself. And the names that have Yah in them are like Abijah, Isaiah, Jebediah, uh, Jeremiah. I see. So they're all uh, they're all up in there. Yeah. yeah. Even names like John is is the Yah. It's oh, wow. the J from Yahweh. It's Yan huh. or Josiah or Joseph all have Yah or Yo 
in Amazing. them. So wow. anyway, yeah, this really blew my mind, baked my noodle, as it were, uh, that just how many more names than I realized have Ya or El, which are both based on names of God in them. Yeah, in them. That's really cool. Wow, who knew? Yeah. Huh. So Decker, tell us about fig newtons now. Oh, yeah, get all we've all been dying to know. Well, okay, for, I'm going to talk about figs first before getting to okay. the fig newtons. So, figs we've run across them many times. Fig cakes in mm-hmm. this in this book Bible yes. of ours. Yes, yeah, they're mentioned 200 times in the Bible wow. in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, and that makes sense. Wow. You know, figs pretty common staple of the Middle East has been for probably Love the them. beginning of time. I would say. <laughs> um. Now, I found an amazing site of a woman who is a self-proclaimed biblical nutritionist who makes a lot of content about food in the Bible. Okay. Now, Great. Uh, specifically about like the symbolism of figs as well. Um, and she kind of points out this connection that often um, we see figs or the fig tree as a barometer of the health or the status of the nation of Israel. So often they're used as a metaphor of either describing like, yeah, it's going to be wonderful, you know, part of this whole like milk and honey fig trees and pomegranates and stuff like it's going to be lush and and fantastic or talking about the fig tree being withered and disappointing and that also being a metaphor for kind of the health of the nation of Israel as a whole. In the New Testament, we're going to get to a pretty funny story about Jesus and a fig tree, but... Oh, yeah. Classic. That's going to come. It's a controversial story also because Jesus is oh, really? like a little bit of a dick um, in this story. Oh, is he? Yes. But we're yeah, going to get to that. At least to fig trees. But yeah. He's a dick to a fig tree. Yes. Um, Jeez. Of course, we have our favorite everyone under their own vine and fig tree. We all love that. Mm. We all love yeah. our super, friend Lynn. Yes. Yeah, Lynn. That's super Lynn. Now, here's super the Lynn. great part with this woman's <laughs> blog is... Okay. Of course, she's like, it's important to recognize, like, evaluating ourself of how we are as a fig metaphor. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Okay. So, for instance, like, do I have fruit or just leaves? Am I sharing the gospel? Am I creating relationships that promote the gospel? And she uses this great phrase where she's like, when we see a fig tree or we incorporate figs into our diet, they can serve as a reminder for us to do a fruit check. Excuse me? What's a, a fruit, fruit check, check? Meaning like, like a self am I check? Eating enough fruit? Like a self, no, like a self check. Like, <laughs> am I producing the fruits of the spirit? Which is another concept oh, that we're going to okay. get into in the New Testament. Um, okay. Then she gets into like fig health benefits and I'm like, whatever, I don't care. She has a podcast. She, oh, she has this whole, this whole business built around being a biblical nutritionist and kind of doing these like Bible based diet plans for people. It's like those seven grains products in the store. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, At first I was kind of confused. I'm like, okay, what is it actually for? Because she's just kind of throwing in a lot of generic, like it's going to transform you. You're going to feel great. You know, whatever. That her testimonies are mostly about people losing weight. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, that that makes sense. Um, One of her reviews mentions a testimony as opposed to a testimony. (laughs) Cute. (laughs) I mean, I I appreciate the puns. I appreciate the commitment there. There's another review mentioning being a food adulteress, which I just don't even know what that means. I'm definitely one of them, but yeah. Goodness. Yeah. Anyway, it's 
It's great fun. I, I don't know if I necessarily want to send traffic to this woman's website, so I don't think I'm going to give you the URL. Just trust me that it's it's great fun. Now on to what you all have been wanting to hear about, which is Fig Newtons themselves. Yes, okay. please. So, do you know they're 130 years old? No. Whoa. Yeah. They were invented... Wait, like in- actual Fig Newton no, brand? No. Yes, the Fig Newton brand. They were invented in 1891. Wow. They're an old ass cookie. Yeah. And it's not a cookie. It's fruit and it's, cake. Exactly. Okay. Get this. Okay. Get this. This is what the Wikipedia says is that in the late 19th century, a lot of doctors believed that a lot of illnesses were related to problems with digestion. And so they would recommend a daily intake of specifically biscuits and fruit. And so, just like okay. I, Isaiah, some brilliant marketer was like, Oh my God, a fig cake that's going to solve everybody's problems. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it's going to heal everyone. Um, so initially it was just a bunch of like little local bakers that would make these fig rolls that were yeah. supposed a to be medicinal, with essentially. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, until a Philadelphia baker and fig lover named mm. Charles Roser, um, he invented a machine, which he then patented that would specifically insert fig paste into dough and then um a biscuit company you know purchased his recipe and started doing the mass production and they were called fig newtons because they were named after the city of newton massachusetts which okay this wikipedia article does not explain the connection of the city of newton massachusetts to fig newtons unless Hmm. that's where the oh okay that's where the bakery was that first started producing them that makes sense Yes. Um, and now, wow. technically, technically, in as of 2012, they're actually officially just called Newtons. Really? Oh. Not Fig Newtons? Because and they have other things besides Fig Yes, because now in 2012, I see. they yeah. added many more flavors. So there's figs, but now they have apple cinnamon, strawberry, raspberry, mixed berry. Um, now they have like a whole grain variety. They have all kinds of different wow. Fig Newtons. I really want to eat a Fig Newton right now is the thing. I could really go for a Fig Newton, yeah. I think we do have some bougie ones in the house. It's not the original Fig Newton Fig Newtons, but... I think we have I some want... blueberry ones and some fig ones. Oh, that'll be good. It'll serve. I yeah. just want the blue... Or I just want the bougie ones. You want the bougie ones? Maybe I'll yeah. order us a little variety pack of bougie ones oh, to yeah. enjoy. Okay. Be good. Okay. Be good. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> there Sounds you good. go. Now you know. Wow. Beautiful. Amazing. Amazing. Dedeker and I were just learning the other day about how bitters that are used in a lot of drinks were originally yeah. medicinal and then became recreational. Yeah. And Fig Newtons, the same thing. Started medicinal and became recreational. There you go. <laughs> love I a good go recreational some... Fig Newton. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> I love it. Wow. Wow. All righty. Well, that was a blast. Uh, we will give you some more exciting news on the Bible. Give me the good news. <laughs> and uh, good. learning along with you all, because, yeah, there there's some things that we're just like, what is going on here? <laughs> but we always love learning with you. And we will see you all next week for Drunk Bible Study Bonus Edition.